How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Culture. We're talking The Expanse today. Thank y'all so much for joining me today. I am going to be talking about The Expanse tonight. I have a special guest, Emma Bowers, the anime correspondent of Struggle Session, will be joining us tonight to discuss The Expanse, the finale. Did y'all watch it? Did y'all check it out? Personally, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I thought it was one of the best sci-fi things I've possibly ever seen, at least on TV and, and certainly in recent years. It absolutely thrilled me, blew me away, and I didn't expect it to. This season especially felt a lot of times like it was a bit rushed, like they weren't really going to be able to pull off the big finale. I think they did, but I think they did by kind of cheating a little bit. They didn't wrap up all the storylines quite. They didn't finish all the threads. And I think they are planning on continuing the series in a different capacity, like a movie, um, and as well as like a spinoff series. And in fact, there were hints that there was more to the story going on. But what they did in the finale was just pummeled you with like some cool ass sci-fi battles and just for like an hour and was, you know, riveting television. Did answer all the questions, did it wrap up everything neatly? Probably not. But goddamn, I was satisfied. I think it, a lot of people have very, very positive reaction to this. Finales are hard in TV, especially shows that people care a lot about that last for years and years and years. Finales, very, very difficult thing to do, very difficult thing to pull off. Expanse did it. Expanse did it by basically saying, all right, we're going to set up one really good battle and like a movie does. Like a movie, right? A movie doesn't necessarily answer every single question raised by the movie in the end. Uh, Star Wars doesn't answer every question at the end of Star Wars. They just blow up the big ship and they have a big fight and it looks really cool. That's fun. And that's kind of the approach they went with the Expanse. They said, I, I mean, they only, the season was only six episodes and most episodes are fairly short, about 40 uh, something minutes long. And it's a big world, big world, lots of things to cover. And, but they didn't wrap up everything, but the action in that last episode, what the plot point is just so good. So riveting. I, I didn't even notice that, hey, they never explained what the whole colony planning planet with the pro molecule on it was about why they set up a new villain in the last episode that we don't even know his name yet all that stuff happens but you you don't worry about it because the they the finish is so goddamn big and good and just really like uplifting it felt it felt like the end of a video game actually it felt a lot like uh, uh the end of something like uh the first mass effect i think they actually pulled I swear to God, they pulled like set pieces straight from Mass Effect uh, for this uh, finale. But it looks like I have our special guest on. Emma, how's it going? Just unmute your mic whenever you're ready. Hey, hey, do I sound all right? Yes, you sound great. Yay, awesome. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. So happy to have you. You were the person who was telling me to watch The Expanse. I did not start watching The Expanse until the pandemic. 
I don't know. It took it took me a while to get into. I think I watched the first couple of episodes and they just didn't hook me. Um, but I'm thank you so much for telling me because I stuck with it. I think I actually took us three, me and my partner, three tries to finally get into the expanse. But man, it's been so rewarding. Great series, great show. So I have to ask you, as the person who got me started on it, what did you think of the finish? Oh, man. So, like, I mean, given everything in that um, the writers had basically been told, this is your final season. And they were like, cool, can we have 10 episodes to wrap it up? And they said no. And they said, okay, can we have eight episodes to wrap it up? And they said no. And they said, how about six? And they were like, yeah, okay. Um, So given all of that, I was really satisfied. Um, It follows a lot of the beats. So it's based on a series of, of books, which I've only read the first one, but from what I've read, it kind of follows stuff pretty similarly for the most part. Um, so this one's based on, I believe, the sixth novel, sixth or seventh novel, um, Babylon's Ashes. So they're able to kind of follow the beats there, and that gives it a huge advantage from, um, obviously, very, like, infamously, for better or worse, Game of Thrones, where... Um, they ran know, out of the material. Boys, they ran yeah, out of the material. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you're like, okay. So they had that to go from. And no, and I and I do agree, which was sort of odd for me about, like I said, the, the protomolical creatures and, you know, like the kids resurrected. And I thought at the end it would just cut to like something weird. And no, the little girl's just like, all right, let's go. <laughs> her and her brother just leaves. <laughs> They're never heard from. Her little zombie um, brother. Her little zombie brother, which just cracked me up because it was just pet cemetery shit. The parents were like, oh, she's like, no, mommy, no, daddy. He's my little brother. Um, but despite all that, given kind of um, the, the fate of the Rosanati and, of course, the fate of, you know, um, the Belters and Mars and Earth, I thought it was very satisfactory. I will say that. Like, because um, it's just any show, even a show that's good. It's just hard for it to end a lot of the time. And I think given all those different factors, um, I was very satisfied. And I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I like sharing this. And basically, uh, during the start of the pandemic, me and my partner watched season three of Westworld. And I was like, this is bullshit. And I think I was ranting on um, either Instagram or Twitter. And I had a mutual like, you should watch The Expanse because the writing's good. And I was so desperate because I was so pissed at what had happened to Westworld. I started <laughs> the expanse. And I was I wasn't like you where I had to try a few times, which to be fair, when people tell me that, I'm not surprised. It's a little shaky. Um, but I was hooked immediately because I was like, Oh, this is somebody who knows how to write a story. <laughs> yeah, so we should mention the expanse is based on a novel series, which is, helps it a lot. You got the, and it's based by these novels by, um, it's two writers. They go by the, the co, uh, name of, uh, James S.A. Corey. And what you feel when you are reading the expanses is, is what's interesting about it is it takes, like, it tries to be like very, very hard sci-fi, but also becomes like Lovecraftian space horror at the same time. And it's, and mixes so many different genres and references like Pet Cemetery. And this episode had alien references, but it does it in a way that doesn't feel like, 
as cheap and lazy and fan servicey. It just feels like this is a really, really well crafted sort of uh, date sci-fi D and D campaign uh, with some pretty decent writing. And the books, I have to say, are very, very they're very good page turners. Like if you want, if you're hopping on an airplane, uh, I guess nobody's not too many people are doing that now. But it's a pretty good book to pick up in the airport. I definitely uh, the Expanse series. I have to say, like, before I came on, I agree with you 100% with um, the Mass Effect vibes. And I don't want to be like, oh, they ripped off Mass Effect or, or like something. Because I think the premise of, like, there was a civilization before us, you know, before we even figured out that we could leave the Earth potentially, you know. And who were these people? And who were these other people? It's not like, oh, only Mass Effect would ever think of that. Um, but same thing, big, big Mass Effect vibes. But I love Mass Effect. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. Like, it's a pretty good Mass Effect TV show if that's what you've been, it's something that you've been looking for. And callers, if you want to call in at any time, tell me what you think about the expanse, ask us any questions you want to talk to me, you want to talk to Emma, or ask us about absolutely anything at all, feel free. This is culture. This is your show, 1900culture.com. Thank you for joining us. And Emma, before we uh, I move uh, too far ahead, what are, tell people about your YouTube channel. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so I am dipping my toes very gingerly, like like in the cartoon where you just see the feet of a, of a chubby individual just dinking it in before comedically leaping in and getting waves of uncalled for hate and harassment. Um, I am dipping my toes um, into the YouTube world. So um, this is my thing, which is for better or worse. Uh, worse. Um, I do have a day job, which is nice. Um, so I was going to say, but I do like to say I'm in this moment, very quality over um, quantity. So every couple of months I release a good in-depth video on something that interests me. It's usually going to be the things we enjoy, anime, video games. Um, I have one I did on the expanse. So it goes yeah, yeah, so four. Yeah. Yeah. And please tell us what, why, what was it about the expanse that made you want to do that video? Um, wow. So, I mean, kind of the similar thing where when I like something, I just want to share this. Um, and that's kind of the thing. And it's something I think I do with most of my videos where I don't have a big interest in being like, this is bad. And, you know, oh, here's me fake vomiting, you know, like, you know. Um, so it was one of those things where I had so much I wanted to say and express that I couldn't really do with just kind of bursts of tweets. And at the time, um, not a lot of other people like I was talking to were really into it. So I wasn't able to have discussion. So I just did what I do with all my other things and just kind of wrote an essay on like why I was like, this is really good. And um, I touch on a lot of stuff I'm sure we'll touch on uh, this evening. But Oh, please go um, ahead. Tell us what, what, what yeah. makes the expanse so great. Um, okay, so like I said, so big thing, like I said, is I was done with like Westworld and J.J. Abrams and plot twists and shit. And it's just, I like The Expanse because it's telling a story. It's not super interested in gotcha or twists or like random people. Oh, you didn't expect this person to die, but he did. It's such a good story. It knows where it's going. Everything is very economical and how it goes, you know. And I love that. Um, it and has, you just, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you just mentioned no, no. that makes makes me think it's like the other big sci-fi 
show that was out around this time besides you know game of thrones also the walking dead and this show is so diametrically like the opposite of a show like the walking dead like you said like when people die it it matters it's not just about the random surprises it's not just about churning out shocking moments it actually is like a story with something that is being told that has like a point to it yeah, so um, I love that. It has an amazing, like, one of the best casts. I was thinking that when I was watching the season finale. I was like, I don't think any of the lead women are white. Um, and it's not <laughs> something you really think about because, um, and I think especially now, there's a big, like, oh, you know, like, this is CW. We have a wholesome, you know, ethnically diverse cast. Um, and The Expanse, and I think they said this in an interview, they were like, well, here's the thing. If people are going to go into outer space, it's going to be mankind, not all white men. Um, and that's like one of those really delightful things in the show where it's incredibly diverse. Cause I think in a lot of shows, it's like, there's white people and maybe someone's like, you know, black and maybe someone's Asian and the expanse has like, um, first nations, Maori, Middle Eastern, you know, like, um, like hugely diverse. And I, and I really kind of love that because it feels so organic, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and it starts with the books because I was actually surprised how specific the book was when it came to diversity, like Bobby in the books is a six foot tall uh, (laughs) Maori woman. Yeah. 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 You know, um, you know, Chris Jen is a you know a six a seven year old Indian woman who swears constantly. Like they, the show really like doesn't like the books really started being from the uh, position of being very very diverse and in and interesting ways. Like everyone on Mars is like descended from India, but they all have Western Texas ac- accents for some reason. Yeah, because no, of, that's of like the when- culture. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite little details where it's like, um, and Alex, and oof, we we might go into him later because what a like what a blight on what a wonderful series otherwise. Um, but they mention that they're like, oh yeah, so like the three people who primarily um, colonized Mars were, um, you know, um, Asian and Indian scientists and Texas entrepreneurs. So, you know, so all these people just started getting Texas accents. Um, So they they mentioned that and it's sort of fun. But then you get into more like interesting stuff like the Belters who have basically like an entire Creole. Um, And and it's the same thing where you could be like, oh, these 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 the other people talk differently. But if you look into the history, it's like, oh, yeah, because it was so many different regions, you know, they needed kind of a lingua franca to communicate. So there's always a reason, which is another reason The Expanse works so well. No one's, like, quirky because the author was like, wouldn't this be funny, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of thought put into all the little details of the books and uh, the show. Like, everything makes makes sense. Like, even the Creole, like you said, it also includes hand gestures because the Belters spend a lot of time working in uh, outer space. And you have, in order to communicate, you also need to use hand gestures because the radio's aren't that good on their helmet. So they have to, so in order to be able to understood very quickly in life or death situations, you also have to sign as well. Uh, and call any callers want to hop in, please feel 
free to do so. Call us, hit us up on the hotline. Just press the call button uh, anytime you feel like it, and we will answer your questions about the expanse. Please tell us what you think about the expanse. How did you uh, get hooked on it if you got hooked? Have you read the books? Uh, Emma, I haven't read all the books. I'm still, I think, on the middle of the second one. I was hoping to finish before the final season, but then I realized, wait, the final season is only like the middle of the whole story. So I don't really need to rush. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm almost done with the first one. Um, And uh, like I said, just kind of awkward because I was starting to read it at the height, um, which was June 2020. And um, I guess we'll get into a little bit because, like I said, it's important for me to discuss is um, the actor Cass Anvar, who played um, the very delightful Alex Kumal. Right around that time, um, multiple women came out with um, allegations against him. And they ran from kind of being an obnoxious sex pest to like being like, like, inappropriate like sexual assault with like young girls um and i remember that because i felt like this great shame like i was trying so hard to get people into this show when this came out um and i had to stop reading the the book because of that because it just like shook me so hard you know if that makes sense yeah, yeah, because the character he's written out of the show, but I, obviously in the book that doesn't uh, happen. Uh, it was strange in the last season of the show. They, I, I can understand. Obviously, he was an important character on the show. Obviously, the characters would talk about him, but it seemed like maybe there was one too many. Oh, we really miss Alex scenes in the season. It was six. it was poochy shit, and I mean, and it's because here's the thing: they'd wrapped on filming. Those allegations came out, you know. So, understandably, they're like, "Well, we don't want this guy back." Um, and it's, um, it reminds me of that weird comic and Marge is like, Homer, are you okay? Homer is dead. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, and so it's just weird and it's weird to like watch these actors who I know publicly made Twitter posts. Like we do not condone harassment. We stand with the courageous women who have come forward to be like, have to like come back in the middle of a fucking pandemic. This is before the vaccine was out, by the way. And you've got to go on set and be like, oh, Alex died doing what he loved, <laughs> getting teenage girls drunk at Comic-Con. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a very awkward in this one where they kept having to pause and be like, you know who else loved flying the Rosinate? Alex. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, oof, like... It's you get awkward. You, yeah, you get one of those. You don't have to do it like every other episode. But what looks like we have our first caller... On the line, Jaspreet, thank you so much uh, for joining us. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you for having me on. Um, I was bawling last night. Um, I had an edible, so that's probably contributed to it. Oh, that would def <laughs> that def I would def highly recommend this for the last episode. Some great visuals in this. Yeah, one. yeah. No, I mean like the Rosinante, like uh, going into like you know far space and becoming a star, just sent like shivers down my spine. Just like. <laughs> experiencing that it was a beautiful finale probably my favorite sci-fi finale of a show so far i think i Um, think that's fair to say i think that's very fair to say i think i i absolutely loved it i thought it was incredible and like yeah comparing it to other stuff i I don't know how much uh holds up what do you think made this one work so well when generally speaking most sci-fi fans end up fairly disappointed in the finale so i think it it kind of 
really addressed its core themes, which were, was the politics of colonialism. Mm. that's what me and my brother kind of came down on. He's the one who introduced me to the show early in the pandemic. I actually knew about it in 2017, but like I watched two episodes and I was like, Oh, Holden's too hot. This can't. be." (laughs) And then my brother was like, no, no, no. Like, have you been watching the show? It's amazing. Catch up please. So we can watch it together. And uh, so we would talk about how like, you know, the belters are kind of like, Sometimes they kind of remind me of like Middle East politics today, um, the way their like politics are formed in, in the show. And I was like the way when uh, Holden hands the power to Drummer. Again, I love that. Like I love that I so much. Just waterfalls <laughs> down my face. It was beautiful. I was, I was actually really scared in, in that council scene that I was like, oh, my God, Holden's going to become a politician. That's not who he is. <laughs> yeah, he's not very good at that. It, I, it, it felt like it felt very similar kind of to the Game of Thrones ending. Like, who gets to be like the leader of the world now that we're wrapping this all up? Oh, the most likable person. But thankfully, the expanse like w- zigs uh, when most shows zag and he just resigns immediately and makes drummer the former what i think most people would call terrorists mm-hmm. uh fight uh, uh and, uh, and terrorist and union rep i guess uh the leader mm-hmm. of the most powerful union in all of human history i think i thought it was very interesting that that's what they uh called this new organization that's going to be controlling uh these um the portals which are this is a very important discovery I loved that shit because, and this is something you see a lot um, in fantasy and sci-fi where there's a group of people who are like an allegory for the marginalized is a very like, oh, well, we're all going to work together now or like we're, you know, overseas. And I kind of loved that like drummer kind of stuck to, you know, stuck to her guns and was like, no, I'm not going to work with you, you know, all because you all have more power, you know, and like kudos to Holden. And I've heard people kind of be like, he's a very bland and remarkable protagonist. And to some extent he is. But what I've always appreciated in writing is Holden kind of is always trying different things and he's always trying to do what's right. And sometimes that works terribly and sometimes it pays off. So, yeah, he's not in my opinion, the most engaging character in the expanse. Um, but I do feel like it was very true to his character to do that. And um, like you were saying, it's also very kind of true to the themes that the expanse was trying to have. So I, I do appreciate that a lot. Who is your favorite character though? Who is the strongest character? Do you think? Amos. Amos is my best friend in the entire world. (laughs) Amos is such a sweetie. Um, He's like the dangerous teddy bear, like a teddy bear with a knife or something. (laughs) Well, Um, it's just a bear, though. You're like, ah, ah. I think it's a toss up for me between Naomi and Drummer. Mm. Drummer, actually, okay, so Drummer's in my household is the queen of the show. Like she's hands down. I love her. Anytime she's on screen, I'm like, yes, it should have been her show, but it's fine. Um, well, she's getting her, her game. She's getting a video game at least. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love her so much. I hope that actress gets to, um, what's gets to voice it. Or yeah. I, I think it's still her. I think it's still a uh, Kara G, uh, uh, still playing the character. I think it's t- telltale, uh, doing the game. Um, it, yeah. is, is it G or G? I couldn't figure that out. 
Oh, I have no idea. All right. <laughs> like I, I was pronouncing ghee like uh, like 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 butter that doesn't burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jaspreet, who uh, you said your favorite character uh, is drummer. What has been some of your favorite? Who is your favorite antagonist? Ooh. Um. I okay. So I'm kind of obsessed with the proto molecule. So, okay. I would I'd nominate the proto molecule um, as mm. as antagonist. I did not like Marco Cenaros. He was not as charismatic as I felt he could be. Um, like yeah. Usually, to get me on his side is how I felt. Yeah, exactly. It's like Marcos is like this actor. I just feel like he was a little bit miscast. Like he's supposed to be like a Che Guevara type, very inspirational, charismatic leader. I think his last speech was actually very, very good. And like that was the Marcos I wanted to see. I was like, I believed him. I believed in the free Navy because ultimately Marcos is right. Like nothing Marcos does is actually wrong for the most part. Like he was like his people are oppressed and he's fighting against his oppressor. I can't blame him. But the actor, he just kind of I know he's a great actor, but I just feel like he wasn't quite right for this role. Yeah, I agree. I also did not like the bun. His hair is great. Down. Yes, the hair bun. The hair. Why the hair bun? He he, he should have kept it like <laughs> long and luscious. Like he looked very prince like. And Prince, oh, yeah. of course, is my pick uh, to play Griffith if he, there was ever a Berserk mm-hmm. movie, a CGI Prince. So he could have went on that vibe, but I don't know. He just and also he's supposed to be like a belter, and he was just like most belters are kind of rough around the edges and tough, and he's just not he just did not seem like a tough guy at all yeah he came off as a pretty boy yeah totally yeah far far too pretty to be a a belter he looked like a arthur to me so season six it was technically the end of the series but it was announced uh i think last week or leaked last week that there are gonna be uh sequel movies and uh uh sequel series as well like does that excite you does that interest you interest you or do you feel a little cheated uh now that we've had this great finale that we know is just going to lead to a bit more expanse just rebranded uh i i am really excited for the sequels um i think that i think it's okay that it ended the way it did i um really want to see naomi meet see her son if that's a possibility like that this if i had a checklist of like i want to see that scene where because she cried so hard well god damn it like at least a few thousand people died just so naomi could see her (laughs) son right like that was when when freaking uh, when holden doesn't blow up the Marcos's ship. I was so mad. I I was so mad. Like for the rest of the series, I'm like, how is this possibly going to pay off into anything? Because the body count just kept racking up. But then finally, when you see him like escape, I was like, okay, I guess. I guess it was worth it. I guess Naomi will eventually get to see her son uh, one day in a sequel uh, movie. But Holden, man. That was not the time to do the right thing. I I, I feel like I, I I don't know. Maybe y'all disagree, but I think he should have blown their ass up. No, I mean it was stupid. But going back, um, one thing I've always appreciated about the writing is they stay in character, and Holden just loves to do the right thing. And half the time it plays, it, it works, and half the time you're just like Holden, you dumbass. And then fifty people die, and you're like Holden, you dumbass. So. 
no, I mean, objectively, no, he made the wrong choice. But like I said, it was in character for him. And going back, that's something I've always really appreciated about The Expanse is it has a really cool, like, a really strong understanding of the characters and their motives, and they act accordingly. There's never been a time I've been like, oh, you know, Naomi wouldn't do that. Amos wouldn't do that. Like, no, they always, like I said, it's really strong writing. So, yes, Holden making a dumb choice is in the character for Holden. And and it gives Naomi the chance to make the choice and to say that she's already made the choice. Like I, that. Like the only reason I could justify Holden's dumb decision was to be like, okay, Naomi gets to like cuss him out and be like, no, I already decided. He's he's dead to me. It's okay. I have made peace with it. And and like I was still like I don't know. I, I love any time she gets a chance to like yell. <laughs> Yeah, I like Naomi, but it took me a while to get Naomi's character because it. Uh, this is actually something that's in the book where it's like everyone expects Naomi to be like a badass ass kicker, more like um, I forget um, uh, the character from Firefly, you know, like like everybody. But she's actually not. She doesn't like fighting. She doesn't like carry a gun. And the book, she's six feet tall too. Like all the belters are super tall in the book. The show, for some reason, decided not to go there. Only some belters are abnormally tall. Um, but the show, the Naomi took me a while to you know really get by. I end up really liking her as a character that's more like a she's the most character that to me that felt like the most like a star trek kind of character but in this sort of hellscape uh world of the expanse which is much harsher on people but she's like and and james holden kind of too like he's almost like a you know a captain kirk but the universe is so much worse so he spends half his time like as a mercenary gunning down pirates as as opposed to exploring the galaxy that was something I really appreciate about Naomi though. And it's kind of going back to like expanse and the characters where there's a lot of women in the show. So they don't have to have the one badass chick. Um, and I kind of love that Naomi is not a badass. She's very smart. She's very kind and she's very brave. Um, and I was going to say like her trying to escape Marcos in season five and just struggling was just so good. And that's kind of why I love Naomi, because like I said, she's kind of compared to all these other badasses in the show, kind of like from the outside helpless. So whenever she like really struggles and musters up that courage and you're always rooting for her. And that's something I really like about Naomi. You're constantly like, come on, Naomi. Um, And so my favorite archetypes, I think is like women characters who um, on the outside appear to be kind of like meek and they muster like this incredible courage to like do the right thing. Uh, that's an inciting incident of this whole thing. Cause Julie, uh, Julie Mao, uh, who is just, you know, this what is described just as a little rich girl who throws a temper tantrum, leaves daddy's uh, money and goes off and slums it with the belters, but ends up actually becoming like, committed to the cause and sacrifices her life and goes through this terrible ordeal of fighting uh, to survive when she ends up being dead the whole time because she's been affected by the prolomile 
ridicule. Very, very interesting, inciting incident. Very hard to get across in the TV show, I think. It, it, it takes a while to get into the show because it's, it tries to start from this very small thing that's completely disconnected to what the main characters are actually doing uh, at the time. And they all don't, and they don't come together until like the second season. So it takes a while to get together and you have to learn this big new world and all these terms. I actually found myself enjoying season one, like twice as much uh, when I on rewatch than I did the first time because I knew what everything was. I knew what a belter was. I knew the, some of the Creole. I knew how these people ended up coming together. And so I, I if you struggle through the first season, push through it, and on rewatch, it's going to be a lot better, I think. Mm. Yeah, so what would you like to see next in the expense? Now, Emma, have you read the next books yet? No, no, I, I need to, but um, I don't know. When I was, it's one of those like weird things where, like, when I was like, like a kid, like middle school, I read constantly, and now I'm an adult, and I'm like, what book? Like, I'm I'm bad at reading now. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but I'm bad at sitting down and making myself read. Um, but what I can see next, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the fun part about the expanse, which is it's such a lovely like world. Like I know like world building gets overused all the time, but the kind of nice thing about the expanse is you could have a different story. Um, and I think it could be just as satisfying, even if it's not about like the Rosinante. Yeah. This, um, this series gets, I mean, the fate of the human race ends up being at stake at stake once or twice in this show right but it didn't have to be it could have just been about you know the initial like ice hauling crew that they were on and the struggles of like hauling ice across the galaxy it didn't have to be a uh intergalactic war but it's it it ends up being really great when it gets super big and like mars is fighting with earth and the belters have basically destroyed the ecology of earth but also there's this these really small stories that work pretty well uh, too. Now, there, I think, is it season four where they're all on the colony planet and it feels like one really long episode of like Voyager? That was a bit too small, but everything else, I, I, I feel like the expanse does a really good job of, you know, contracting and expanding the world to suit, you know, the story and, and, oh, and the, they do action well. They do interpersonal relationships well. They do horror well. They do these this big, you know, epic sci-fi uh, space battles well. Like the Expanse just kind of has everything I love about you know science fiction in it in one way or another. Especially modern science fiction, basically Alien onward. Everything you like is kind of mashed up in here. I'm going to nerd out slightly here because you were talking about like how like um, it's not the it's not the only thing going on in Expanse, but kind of like, you know, like the, the end of, you know, humanity, maybe the solar system. Um, and one of my favorite animes, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, is kind of anthology. So each different anthology are different stakes. Um, and so the third one, they have to fight like the most evil, powerful vampire who ever lived. And you go into Wait, the Jojo has season. vampires? I didn't know Jojo. Yes. Had I oh my have gosh, to is watch that what the you've been show. holding off? I should have told you. I if <laughs> I knew there were vampires, I would have watched it. I thought it was just like guys who were like into disco 
And no, <laughs> no, I mean a little bit, but yes, um, the first uh, the first three arcs are about vampires. So finally, at the end, the vampire is defeated, and you go, "Oh, well, what's going to happen in four? How are you going to raise the stakes?" And they don't. They bring it in, and the fourth one is more Twin Peaks. It's about a little tiny town in Japan, and the little group of people there, and a little like serial killer who might kill some people, but he's not really going to take over the world. If that makes sense. So um, it's one of those things like that. Part four is like one of the really kind of like ones people really like, um, and I. Start that because I do think you can lower the stakes, you know, and you can make yes, stuff more you can. personal. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, if they want to do another expanse spinoff or this or that, it doesn't have to be about, oh, you stopped the proto-molecule, but now here's the super-duper proto-molecule. <laughs> I think you can tell an intense kind of personal story um, with this world and still make people be invested. Uh, can I hop in here? For a sec, please. I, I, oh, please, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about how, like, even on the show Expense, they're like so good at creating little bit characters. Like the guy that Philip talks to, whose whose brother is on series and and passes away. Oh, oh that, yeah. Little, that little contained story was like they give like really good material to just like bit parts, and I'm like, they could do it. There's like, show me everything at Expense. Like, show me. Like the guy who does uh, works at like the convenience store on series. I don't care. Just show me, <laughs> show me everything. Yeah, I remember the um, the kid, the uh, Belter, who is stealing the water in like the first episode. Oh and my god, I love that guy. He was yeah. such a little shit. <laughs> yeah, he's actually is he actually doesn't come in that early in the books. He's in the books, but he comes in a lot later. So seeing him pop up now every so often was so wonderful. I actually was very sad when he died. I held out hope they actually survived because we don't technically see him die like he could have maybe so- survived but man he was a great character so i many was in the characters. same boat because before that he had kept coming back he'd like kept surviving he was like a, a pete in the adventures of briscoe county jr you know so i was actually very shocked when he died and he just didn't come back what what what's, what was your favorite death oh wow wow Huh. Oh, I'd have to say um, when the gate is discovered <laughs> and this just, I mean, going back to like little personal stories, just this belter and he oh, yeah. ambitions, he just is trying to like make the fastest, I think he's trying to go around the ring the fastest or something and like. To impress a girl, to impress yeah, a girl. It, like, like his girlfriend leaves him for his brother and like, you know, he's trying to do this and then she's like, ooh, I, I might, I might take you back. And he's like listening and it's like this little detail and it makes me laugh so hard. And it's basically a version of Highway Star in Belta Creel. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is just the funniest thing. It just literally says, "No man ain't gonna take my ship." Like, <laughs> you know, and and this poor guy who just you know clearly like does not really understand the gate or the purpose. He's just you know being a dude trying to live his life and gets his girl back, and he's just obliterated. Oh, bl- absolutely <laughs> smashed. It also and it reminds me of the guy who discovered the uh, Faster Than Light travel, who was also like, he is, he ended up 
uh, his engines are still going. They mentioned in the show, like decades later, like he's st- they were never able to recover his the, craft. The, the terribly poorly named Epstein Drive. Epstein Drive, yes, very, very funny. <laughs> I do. I they had time to change it for the show. I don't know why they did. They, they could, had they, they had time to quickly <laughs> write off Alice Kamal. They could have changed Epstein. All right. So if we have any more callers, please call in. I want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought about the expanse, what you thought about the season finale. If you haven't seen the show, because I know a lot of people will listen to our culture episodes, our struggle session episodes, even the shows they haven't watched to see if they want to dive in. I highly recommend the expanse. In fact, I actually think that everybody should watch the finale. It's one of those finales. People used to watch like the last episode of a series just be, to see how it ends. And people, everybody watched the last episode of MASH. Everybody watched the last episode of uh, The Sopranos. The Expanse is that good. And some of the action, I have to repeat it, is just some of the best action you're going to see in anything. And like better than, like it's better than The Matrix. I think the action scenes in the finale of The Expanse and some of the action scenes earlier in the season as well are absolutely better than like the Matrix action scene. Certainly better than like Spider Man because they're just so tense, but still, but they're still really big. But it's not just about like a bunch of lasers, uh, meaningless lasers. Like everything has weight and impact and consequence, and everything and everyone is so fragile. Anybody can die at any time, and you just really feel the stakes of it. And the action ends up meaning so 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 much uh, more. I have a death to nominate. Um, oh, go Ashford's ahead. death was Please. made me cry like crazy. Ashford's death was probably the worst. Like the oh, yeah, totally like oh. through the heart there. Oh yeah, that was a hard one to watch. Ashford, I found like, and I, and I, I love sharing this, which is in the book he's so unlikable. And I think it was some deal where, like, he just had such a good actor. So, like, they kind of had to, like, rewrite him a little bit. Yeah, um, he was yeah. a dick. And he was, I remember he was a real dick in the first, like, episode. Like, like that he was in. Like, he was really unlikable in the first episode. But that guy, I mean, come on. You gotta fall, You gotta love oh, him. The, that, there's that one detail where he decks that guy. And then, like, literally, I think of the same shot just, like, helps him up. <laughs> yes, like yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh man, there are just so many, you know, great stories, great characters. I'm actually really excited to read more of the book because I found that even though I really do enjoy this the TV show, reading book add added in a lot of little extra details and a little bit more of, you know, the politics I think are found in the books that kind of get shaved off. Uh, in the uh, when it comes to TV, so uh, what do y'all think about this vision of the world of the future world? I think the expansive vision where everybody is basically a slave to a corporation just in space is a fairly like is like a optimistic view at this point. Uh, frankly, it's probably the best uh, we can hope for. I don't think we're heading to Star Trek, but expanse. Maybe if we try really hard, we can make it. I, I'm i kind of fascinated by it because you have the different groups. So you have Earth, which has been absolutely destroyed by climate change. It's overpopulated. 
But to the Belters and Mars, they're like, oh, it's a socialist paradise. I mean, they don't say that, but the idea is the people on Earth don't work. And they're lazy, and they get food. And um, and there's a scene, I think, where, where, where like, like Bobby, you know, who, who's a Martian, who's grown up her entire life in this hyper-militarized, like, you know, jingoistic, you know, planet, goes to Earth, and people are, like, poor. Um, like Christian says, she's like, yeah, we have to pay people because there aren't enough jobs. Like, we just have to make sure people don't starve. There's, like, lotteries because, you know, to, for people who are interested in, like, finding work. And she's, like, so, like, shocked. Like, this whole, like, oh, like, the fat and lazy earthers are people, like, terribly suffering. Then you have Mars, you know, which is, like, supposed to be the most scientifically advanced because everyone colonizing it were people with money and people with scientific, like, technology. And Mars is hyper militarized. They had all these plans for like, oh, we're going to we're going to terraform, you know, Mars, you know, and it sort of kind of goes, it, it kind of has like, um, you know, Starship Trooper vibes. I think that's kind of intentional, too, on some level. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You, know, you serve Mars, you know, and Bobby's I mean, going back, you know, Bobby's back on Mars and they're like, do your part, you know. Um, and she's disillusioned too, because they keep putting back the terraforming. And she mentions that a few times where, you know, they keep saying that like, Oh, any day now we're going to terraform Mars. And they don't cause they go to war with earth or they go to the war with the belt. And then of course the big, you know, and like season four going back is probably the most lackluster. And I kind of said jokingly like, Oh yeah, the season where Bobby goes to Mars and gets sad, which I don't think it needs to be as long as it was, but there was that big impact where Bobby's like, I thought we were going to terraform. And they're like, no, why we terraform? We can just go to the colonies that we've opened up, you know? And then you have, you know, the belters, which are worse off than either of the inners. And there are these people who, um, and like you were mentioning in the book, all the belters are really tall and really skinny. And I think it just came down to like, We'd rather have good actors than, you know, just grab a bunch of editorial models, you know, and shove them on. Um, but there are these people who, in the books you were talking about that, go into more detail, too, where they have all these, like, terrible, like, chronic problems because none of them have ever, like, lived in gravity. And they're at the mercy of being exploited by both Mars and Earth and, you know corporations and groups and they live these like terrible like miserable lives and i think that's interesting because the whole world of the expanse um is so it could objectively be such a dystopia and you know and and the story doesn't really want to be it still wants to talk about you know how it still wants to talk about on some level i think what mankind is capable of you know for better or worse yeah, if we can, if we can just stop uh, killing each other long enough uh, to do to work together, and it finally came together at the end, humanity. But well, it, it came together in a way that that's different. Like it's not all the groups getting together. It's like no, the groups who have been in power and been exploiting people now work uh, under the. Uh, for the other group and the like i, I love drummer's comment about like uh, when christian is saying you can trust us we will work with you and it's like no how about you trust me to work with you give me the power and then you trust me uh i i feel like that's very it's just not an ending you see 
that often in anything is always about, you know, reform. And instead, no, they say, you know, revolution, we're in charge now. We're running things now. You listen to us and you're uh, now everybody's uh, under the everybody's a belt to loader now uh, in the galaxy. And thank you all, Emma, uh, Jasprit, for calling in. If anybody else wants to call in, you can do so now. But if not, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. What a wonderful uh, episode. I think it will go down as, I think, a, a lot of people's favorite finales, just because it, it was really just breathtaking. I don't know if it an- tried to answer every question, but it tried to excite us and interest us. And as you said, uh, Jasprit returned back you know, to the original themes of the show in this really uh, direct way and really satisfying way. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm so uh, thank you for hosting this. It was a lot of fun, and I got to express my love for the show. So, yeah. oh, that's what it's all about. That's what culture is all about. Everyone, thank you uh, so much for joining us. Everyone, have a good night. Peace. <laughs>